Welcome. This is our third chat with community practitioners, um, and I am keen to learn who's joining us today for the very first time. Find the react button. Give me a thumbs up if this is the very first time that you're joining us. Julia's here. Oh, nice, Julia. Hey. Alexandra's here. Christoph, Alena, Ribana. Hey, Ribana. Stephanie. Okay, sweet. Now, because we have a couple of you that are joining us for the first time, for those of you that are new to Mapping Ties, this is a series of seven audio events that is aiming to bring to bring internal community builders together so they can share experiences, stories of success and learning so we can define our practice further and celebrate our work. Um, thanks to Saeed who's here in the room. Hey Saeed, give us a reaction there. We can, uh, we're able to record these chats um, just to give them an opportunity to inspire those that cannot join us live today. So thank you for for helping us with that, Said. So far, we've covered the landscape lens and the starting point lens. And today we're deep diving into two other brilliant use cases of internal communities, innovation and collaboration together with our two guests, Justina and Nats. Now, before they both introduce themselves, I want to extend an invitation to everyone in the room to join us on stage whenever you have a question or are keen to bring a new point of view or maybe a personal reflection to the conversation we're having. And to do so, all you have to do is use the raise a hand option that you have and we'll bring you up. Um, all right, so with no further ado, let's get to it. I am passing the mic to, to, the mic to Nas, and I quickly want to invite Nas to briefly introduce yourself, your role, uh, give us a general understanding of the community you're nurturing. Take it away. Hi, thank you for, for having me. Uh, it's always a pleasure, Ana Maria, as you know, and always a pleasure to play along with uh, with your friends that are always thrilling. Um, I am an agile coach uh, at the Lego Group. I work in the in a central uh, team that uh, that is uh, called Group Business Agility, and there we we do a number of um, of uh, activities supporting the general digital transformation and other initiatives across the Lego Group. Our Internal uh, purpose is to to help our colleagues our colleagues thrive through complexity, and uh, that's uh, yeah. I'm an agile coach, facilitator, um, innovation facilitator, uh, father of a three year old, and uh, and passionate about communities. Tell us a bit about your community, Nast. What? Uh... Yep. So what, what we, so the 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 one community that I'm uh, that I'm uh, supporting more uh, more actively is the, or or driving more actively is the uh, agile network at the at the Lego Group, and there we have a, a group of uh, around a bit more than three hundred um, uh, agile and friends. Uh, so agile practitioners, be it uh, scrum masters or agile coaches or or other uh, type of roles, but that are active in in agile practices 
meaning practices that help uh, strengthen collaboration and uh, cross-functional integration. But then we have also a lot of uh, friends. Our, our philosophy has been always to have allies and friends and curious people uh, along to to join the conversations and the dialogue so so we can also equip them as part of the of the organic network mm. so what is your role how are you how are you supporting the network so for the past couple of year for the past year and a half or so i've been the network's uh, steward let's say so uh, maybe mainly being the person that uh, makes sure or 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 make sure that that we have uh, our cadence meetings and that we have we have uh, some regular check-ins trying to structure some participation from the or or help articulate some of the participation of the network members so we have uh, we have someone that can uh, drive and and have a a bit more of an accountable role in the in the process of making sure that things happen, and then uh, bringing in inspiration, bringing in the different uh, ideas, formats, and and trying to keep the network uh, nurtured. It's always open to to network part members' uh, uh, inputs and activities. So that's those are always super welcome, but. Uh, but to make sure that there's a cadence and that there's a, a a thriving pulse, then then that's the where I play in. I love that description of what we do as community leaders or stewards. I really love that word. Really enough. Thank you very much. And let's pass the talking stick to Justina. Hey, Justina, tell us a bit about yourself, who you are, and what's your connection to innovation communities. Hey everyone. So my name is Justina and I and my background in general is in research, in consumer insight, in strategic foresight and uh, in my last role also in innovation and of course these fields are very close together anyways. Mm, in general I think I get my energy in life from discovery and then sharing what I discovered and this is the kind of common thread uh, in uh, in my roles and also in things that really give me a lot of uh, a lot of power, um, and I have spent the last eight years working at IKEA, doing that, uh, working in consumer insight, in foresighting, and in innovation. And in my last role, uh, I had the pleasure to lead the center of excellence in collaboration, and that included there were different parts to it, but one of the main pillars was to to build and to lead then. Uh, the IKEA innovation community. So that's the connection then to uh, to the community. Wonderful. All right. Thank you both. So that's a pleasure to be having this conversation with uh, you two and with Sophie and with everyone joining us today. So Justina, we'll, we'll deep dive already into, into your case. And usually we're always curious to learn how did the community start? What did it set out to do? What problem was it solving? I don't know now if you were there from the get-go, like you helped set it up or you kind of just inherited that. But what can you tell us about its its purpose that, that the innovation community was um, was having at IKEA? Yeah, so I, I was really lucky uh, when I joined the role. Uh, it was a brand new role. Uh, it was called Community Leader. 
and uh, it I had the opportunity to explore what might be needed in that role to bring to the organization. Some points were, of course, said, um, but in my conversation and my own needs also, I have noticed that there is a certain level of fragmentation in the whole innovation landscape. People didn't seem to know each other very well. Uh, that was also Corona time. It was 2021 when I joined. Uh, quite few teams were actually new. It just seemed that there was a, the general kind of lack of overview, but also a connection between people. So that kind of led my personal need for coming together, for connecting with people, for getting a little bit more of overall view. Uh, this, I started talk, talking to people. It turned out it's not just me. It's uh, it's actually uh, quite a lot of people who voiced a uh, voice a need for a better connection, for a better overview. Uh, and this is how uh, the idea of a community kind of was was ignited, and then we took it from there. So it was really uh, it was I was really there from the beginning, from the conception of the idea, uh, which of course was uh, quite amazing for you know the the feeling of ownership as well, and for seeing how a product like a community can be can be built from scratch and how it can thrive a year later. The idea came, I understand that you, it, it, it surfaced from a personal need that you had. Um, obviously the context was very favorable, I guess. Um, COVID was, uh, was quite tragic to the world in general, but I think to communities, especially online communities was a silver lining there because it really pushed the conversation further in a lot of companies. And then you started talking to colleagues. So at, at which point down the down the line that this kind of evolved into, you know, like from connection, better overview, in which point did it touch into innovation? And what were the hopes for this community? And when I say that, I'm wondering about your personal hopes as um, let's call it founding member or initiator, but also from the company side, how did you get the buy-in? What were leaders hoping this community would enable the teams to do, to reach, to achieve that wasn't probably possible um, without it? Mm -hmm. I wish to tell you, to be able to tell you that there was a really clear plan from my side from the very beginning, that there was not though. Uh, I think that was uh, building this community was also a huge, um, uh, that was a fantastic journey for that is adventure, but also a big learning. I think the, the, the starting point was we do want to come somehow together and have it as a thing, not having, of course, we also have some sort of informal contacts uh, between teams and, and across teams, across people. But we wanted to have a common, common, common platform, common landing place, and then there was uh, um, there was a lot of thinking. What should it be? Should it be a community? Should it be a network? And there is, a, of course, there is a difference. How do we want to make sure this is a community that nurtures this kind of common point of belonging, rather than having a loose network of people who are connected on the topic? Mm. And then again based on, on conversations, based on, on, uh, on preferences, on what should be possible, that was the decision taken that we do want to create a community. We want to create a place of belonging for people who, who have interest or passion for innovation. They don't have to work for 
uh, for innovation that ought to work with uh, with innovation teams, but they need to have interest and they want to need to be able and be willing to take a part in conversation about innovation at IKEA, but also in general. So this is how it started. It, it really, I, I don't really think, actually, I don't think it's possible to to create a community where there is no <laughs> vested interest from the community leader, from a person who kind of facilitates the community. I think that that, that, that I was so invested personally definitely helped uh, with, with, with setting up the community. That, that, that was a lot of questions also, uh, all at the same time. So I think this is the kind of the beginning, how it started. And of course, once it was decided that we we did want to have the a community, the the kind of the, the work, the the groundwork for support from the from the management started, uh, you know, presenting the concept, presenting the idea, getting the buy in at all different levels in all different places of the organization. And then there was an interesting question for me back then: How do we know communi the community started? What marks the beginning of a community? You know, where's the beginning? There was no community. There is community. What's what marks that? Uh, for us, this was the first event where we came across uh, IKEA from all different places to talk about uh, our work. And this is kind of the this is the beginning uh, when we started coming together. Mm. <laughs> brings me back to Emily's uh, Emily Weber's uh, communities are people bumping heads. They have to come together. That's when it starts, right? Uh, no matter how many emails and channels and uh, tools we're using, we have to come together online or offline to, to and bomb heads. So I understand that everyone was welcome to join the community. All you had to have or bring is this genuine interest in topics of innovation within the company and in general. Um, that that's that's a very interesting viewpoint because usually they either come tied to a certain function or a certain role or a certain strategic direction of the company and in this case it came around a certain interest into the topic of innovation one thing that i'm curious here um Justina is tell tell us a bit about that distinction. How do you see it? How how that shows up in your eyes or in your view between a network and a community? Yeah, for for me, I, and I've been, you know, believe me, I've been spending hours reading, learning, thinking of these things, and then I came across this quote uh, saying that all communities are networks, but not all networks are communities. And that the community brings this sense of shared identity and belonging. And I stuck to it. And that was basically one of the underlying goals uh, throughout my work with the community that I that I really want to, wanted people to feel that shared sense of identity and belonging. Of course, we all felt, you know, identity and belonging to IKEA, but also to the topic of innovation and to that specific community as well. There's probably many other definitions. This is something mm -hmm. that spoke to me to, to think that, of course, community is also a network. It, it's not mutually exclusive, but I also felt uh, that perhaps we are overusing the word of community. I'm not sure what is your feelings. Everyone here online, you are all working with communities. I feel that the community can be everything and anything, and people just kind of throw the word around. And I really wanted that it has a meaning and therefore that kind of limitation on the topic that it should be innovation. Of course, innovation is a really broad topic as well. Mm. 
Um, and IKEA as an organization is a really inclusive place. Uh, so there was absolutely never, there was a question that it would be some sort of exclusive closed community. It was open, uh, always open to, to everyone. Um, and we also didn't want to limit ourselves on the function because uh, I think there's many, many people in the organization who actually do innovation without having that specifically described in their titles or in their job descriptions. So we basically, we wanted the spirit, we wanted the thinking and the curiosity that innovation brings in people. Mm, the mindset, the mindset of the, of what innovation means brought it to any, any role across the company. Wonderful. Thank you so much. It's very, it helps to understand how did it all started and what was the goal before we deep dive into the actual doing of communities. And so I'm turning towards NAS now. Um, what can you tell us there, NAS? How, how did that look like on your end, the starting point? Were you there from the very beginning? I can, I can relate very much to Justina's, uh, to Justina's uh, story. Uh, and purposes. I don't. I don't know. I think the the materialization or, or how it has uh, it has come to fruition. It's probably quite um, quite different. But uh, but the the origin story is somewhat similar. Uh, it depends. Uh, it depends whether I was there from the from the get go. It depends on uh, which um, origin story do we do we follow? No, we. I was reflecting on, on the beginning of the of the agile network, and it has different um, different uh, sources. So the, the 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 pools of people were were were, were coming from different uh, channels or or different networks. One of them, uh, the the most clear one, was um, the Scrum Master Guild, that was um, kicked off uh, during our our initial. A digital transformation, as the name says, just to to make sure that we integrated the efforts that uh, there was at least uh, some some knowledge sharing and some uh, a synchronization, even if informal, uh, at the at the Scrum Master level, and that community was uh, kicked off. I'll say probably in twenty eighteen or something like uh, something like that. And was the and and it's the mailing list <laughs> that we use today. So that's uh, so so that was one of the of the platforms. I, and I wasn't part of that uh, of that kickoff. I was in a different area of the organization. So I was uh, uh, invited and and uh, and a friend, but not uh, not a part of their of their daily life. Uh, but on the other hand. Uh, before I joined, probably one year before I joined the Lego Group in 2014, there was a, there was a a, a big agile uh, agile introduction as well, and there we there there, there was a jammer group uh, created called uh, the Agile at Lego or Agile at the Lego Group, and and that was us. Uh, very similar to the intent that I was conveying before, an open-ended, everyone, every friends, allies, so similar to what just what I heard from Justina. No, friends, allies, and uh, and curious are welcome to join the the conversation and and just using that channel as a as a place to to interact. What we have today, it's a it's a blend of. Um, 
a blend of both. But then I could go on and on because I've been uh, kicking off uh, uh, mini networks the, with different spans of life uh, since I joined uh, a book club inspired in Tony Sia uh, that we're still running today and uh, and different uh, sub-department uh, communities trying to get, uh, but always with that intent of, um, of bringing all the practitioners and allies to the to the table to to try to make uh, to to take leverage i recall uh when you and me met about four years ago maybe yes. a little over that i recall the conversations around the book club that you, you were just starting it or kind of like inherited and wanted to revive it so i remember those chats very well Brilliant enough. Thank you very much. I'm going to start with now a question from Padlet. Someone shared it there before moving on. So if uh, there are some, some places in the world don't have a 100K plus in population. So there, we're talking about really small places and thinking rural, rural, rural hello, <laughs> countries that have some minimum size and a vibrant community. Do you think startups startups and innovation are possible in rural areas provided they can connect with larger networks to fill the gap so this is we're stepping a bit outside of the organizational realm or within company realm we're going to innovation startups communities in small rural areas so what do we think about that justine and us i'm happy to to give it a first kick justina if you if you don't mind but uh, because uh, yeah, I I come from a, from a, a relatively um, outside of the of the main orbit uh, or the main economical orbits uh, uh, region, and that's um, and I I I will make the projection to to something that I've learned about uh, child development, that is that uh, kids tend to project or at least imagine what they could become by the things and the, and the people that they interact with. So, so when you have uh, certain references in your, in your network or in your immediate vicinity, it's easier for you to, to project uh, different, uh, different paths or different journeys of growth or what is even possible to, to try to achieve. And, um, of course, there's many considerations to to put into the into that mix. There are there are a lot of systemic uh, challenges that uh, it's not just uh, wishing it makes it uh, makes it possible, but uh, but being able to imagine it is definitely a, a, a fundamental part of the of the journey. No? So I think uh, I think when you're in a smaller network, it's hard to project. Uh, well, I'm going to. Do a public offer. Well, I'm going to grow this uh, this idea until we do a public offering, or the scale of this is going to be global. Or it's uh, it's hard when you are just uh, trying to make sure that you have uh, enough business to to feed yourself or your family, right? Thank you, Nast. Justina, do you wanna do you wanna give this a go? Anything to add? Uh, just to build on it, I think um, uh, I am a, a optimist and a big believer um, in in people, and I think innovation. Indeed, the first part of that question 
can happen anywhere and is happening anywhere, maybe in places that, you know, are rural, maybe even more than elsewhere in certain ways. I mean, there's all different ways to innovate. Let's not forget that this is not only high-tech innovation that uh, we can be talking about. And then to connect to the global startup ecosystems, I think that is probably something that uh, might be challenging uh, to certain groups of people. There are certain people, you know, groups of people who might be at disadvantage. But this is just a guess that I think it is also possible to, to do it. Absolutely. Brilliant, uh, Biagio. Hey, welcome. This is your question in Padlet. Yes. Uh, so what do you think about this? Do you have anything to add here? Clarifying questions? How does this land with you? No, this I, I, I like those answers. It gives me something to think about. Um, so I'm from uh, Nebraska. There's a city called Omaha. And it's really the only city in the whole state. And then the rest of it is a lot of small towns. And we seem to have a pretty good uh, startup community. But um, I've been branching out to working with people in some of the smaller towns. And um, just wondering, you know, what the prospects are. Um, I've seen some interesting activity. There's even like groups of towns where there's like maybe three medium-sized towns that are next to each other. And there seems to be, you know, some activity going on there. Um, this idea of like what you can envision, I think, uh, makes a lot of sense, even for like Omaha with the startup community, it still takes people, uh, collisions and interactions and attempts to try to realize, you know, how, how far they could go with their ideas. And so I think that makes a lot of sense. Mm. Just to oh. give um, a very tangible example, uh, Biagio, the, the, uh, the Lego Group uh, is uh, headquartered in uh, in a six thousand people uh, uh, town, so uh, it's uh, it is possible <laughs> to to make an impact uh, in the in the world and to and to play a, a bigger role in uh, in trying to bring some some purposeful missions to the world. But uh, I think that's the case as well for for IKEA, but I don't uh, know exactly. Mm. I want I want to add just a bit of a anecdote, if you want, because Alan Shaker is one of the communities that I started started as a local community in Amsterdam. Now Amsterdam is not a small city, it's not a town. We can all agree to that, but um, and evolved thanks to COVID or through COVID into a global community. And now we kind of have these both. We have the the best of both worlds. Uh, we have local hubs sprouting in different cities around the world, but we also have the global community. And I realized that if you're global, it's very hard to go local. But if you're local, you can join a global network of innovation and startups and be part of that and take the inspiration while still picking and choosing the tools, the things, the ideas, the inspiration that works into your context. Because I assume that we want to have the impact locally in our area. So you can have the impact locally, but still go out there and meet, share, learn, and bring inspiration home from the world. And then sometimes I also, do you know those um, tools like from somewhere to the world, right? So I definitely imagine those tiny little tools that are, are developed or project services developed in rural areas that um, are equally valuable for the world to jump to jump on board if the value proposition is, is right and matching. Okay, Biagio, anything else to add here? 
No, that's all. Uh, thank you. Sweet. I have Stephania here with a hand up. So if we can, we bring Stephania onto the stage. Stephania? Yes, we can't hear you. Well, well, Stephania um, tries to, to troubleshoot. I would like to, to add a, an idea that might also relate to this um, secluded communities or, or secluded um, uh, regions or, or uh, that is that I tend to visualize communities or, or organizations as, an, as neural networks. And when I think of transformation, and uh, I think that the muscle that needs to happen is that of neuroplasticity. So, so that's uh, at least the closest uh, the, the closest image that I have in mind. So there might be a new idea that it's very valuable. Your body knows that if it uh, that if it balances this this way it will be much better at uh, at dealing with this uh, uh, surfboard let's say but um, but but that's your that's your conscious your your conscious mind but then your your neural paths are not rigged uh, to to uh, to enable that are rigged for something else to protect you from danger in other contexts and in other dynamics and that's how i visualize that many of the dynamics the, of our organizations happen. They have come to be for a reason, uh, but uh, they might be obsolete. And to train those, um, to, to train these new paths or to create this new rigging that allows a more nimble, a more um, a flexible or, or add dexterous um, navigation of the, new, of the new context, uh, it requires a lot of extra effort to connect these two neurons or the neurons that do not have an, a neural path. They do not have a, a, a highway of communication between them and they have to, and those highways are always built when enough times the, the, the thought or the process has been going through the, the, the local roads, right, or the the, the the rural roads. Well, Sophie and I have a background in learning, and so do you many other people that I see in the room. So music to our ears, Nast. I love this metaphor. And so communities are opportunities for folks to get together to kind of carve that path through repetition and coming together several times on a, on a longer period of time with a common goal where there's cohesion, alignment, synchronization, and so on, all that good stuff. So let's get into that. Let's get into the weeds. Um, and I think we're all in the room really curious to find out what keeps these communities busy. So what does the community actually do when folks come together, synchronous, asynchronous? What do they do? What are they exploring? How are they connecting? How are they learning? Engagement formats. Paint us a picture of this community ecosystem that you've both experienced um, in the two communities you've nurtured. And I'll pass the talking stick to Justina and then, and then we pass it over to Nas. I keep reflecting on that <laughs> with the neural networks because I, I would also take it, talking about the community activities, I think 
you know, when you create a new structure within a company, uh, within an organization like we did with the innovation community, that also requires the learning from the organization. There is, uh, there is out of the sudden a new kind of body put into it. It there is a need for it apparently because people are for it. People do like it, and then the organization needs to develop those new paths. To, to kind of incorporate it in its bigger body and to start using it in a good way. Um, I really like this uh, this parallel, Nas, so thank you very much for that. When it comes to the innovation committee at IKEA, we have, uh, the community exists, uh, exists for over a year now, so it's a really young structure. And again, the organization's learning it. Uh, what we started to do, uh, the activities, um, it started with with the kickoff, as I already said, with a bigger kind of um, a little bit longer format. Uh, and after that, uh, it was quite important for me to keep the rhythm, to keep people engaged uh, on a regular basis. So we have created the um, as it was called mom, um, monthly meetups. So that was uh, every month an hour coming together, listening about a project, about uh, a new innovation, about uh, a new exploration that uh, someone was doing. Presenters would be invited from across the organization. Uh, we tried to keep it internal. And then we would spend an, an hour out of which maybe half an hour was a presentation. And then there was a, a discussion. Um, and that was that was the regular format that I think people really got used to. And that was also very rewarding because this is where I've seen the development of the community uh, from the first one when we had, um, let's say, 80 people, I think, uh, joining. And it was a little bit official, a little bit formal somehow, uh, up until uh, when when I personally did the last one last June, uh, when there was over 100 people joining and the conversation was just buzzing. So that change in the in the way people felt there online, we, we all had, we all, the formats were online. That was, that was really rewarding to, uh, to observe how the community really grew, uh, how a conversation was more and more natural, where questions were uh, asked and, you know, a bit of a friendly banter was going on in the chat. Uh, that was really showing me that people really feel that belonging, you know, that I was so much after. So that was month monthly meetup. Then on a less regular basis, uh, uh, we have done it three times in the lifetime of the community of uh, over a year. That was the get-togethers. They were the longer formats with a given uh, theme. And we would spend, that was a bit of an experimenting how to do it best. The first one was three hours long. Then uh, the second one we planned for the whole day on one single topic, whole day kind of reflecting on that topic from all different perspectives with external and internal speakers. And then the last one was split into two half days kind of comparing the engagement, comparing how many people turned up uh, and also the feedback of people. I think the last one uh, worked the best because people were much more able to kind of incorporate it in their daily schedules to join for half a day is much less demanding than to join for an entire day. And that was a really big success. And then the last one, we kept using the Teams channel kind of on ongoing basis for a conversation questions, exchanges. So they these were the three main channels. Mm -hmm. And then so had a like space on, on intranet to store all the content for anyone 
to be able to see it at any point. Thank you, Justina. One question that came to my mind as I heard you talk is this, to which extent were these activities steered, initiated by by you, or I don't know if you were working with someone else to kind of boost or keep the space alive? And did you reach a moment where members themselves were the ones proposing initiatives or uh, raising a hand to be to to take a more active role at creating this learning opportunities for themselves. So yeah, every time I'm saying, you know, I I actually I definitely mean we. This was always a joint effort, and indeed with time, I've also seen more and more engagement uh, and readiness for people to contribute. It would pretty much always have to be a little bit nudged. I guess also people are very, very busy in their daily work, uh, but the engagement, the kind of the, the ideas, the mm, offers to contribute, they, they were increasing with time. And that was one of the kind of, of, of the signs for me also to see that this is working, this is needed uh, and um, uh, people really, people do appreciate it. Yes. I do have to say that. How long were you with the community? A year, two years? Yeah. yeah. So uh, the community, um, uh, I was leading it for a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was reflecting on this. Like, I obviously, I'm a big fan of the centralized communities, working with a big core team, where members are encouraged to make that space their own and take the central stage, step into the spotlight. And, and all that good stuff, which I think it's a big part of the learning and big part of the value proposition for members to join communities of learning, innovation, practice, and so on. Um, but looking back at my experiences, it does take some time. So for LND Shakers, it was maybe about a year. And then for the Butter community, probably the same, about eight months to a year that we, we actually had members raising their hands and... Um, voluntarily coming up with ideas and then taking also the ownership to host those those whatever sessions events experiments and so on thank you so much you see that so i but, know that we're sorry, yeah go ahead you that the lmd shakers is such a such a brilliant uh, role modeling uh, for me in in many in many in many cases because you have kept the the you have kept a beating pulse of activities that have kept the sense of life uh, of life in the community, which is something that uh, that dilutes when when there when the communication, even if you're thinking in the background, oh, I'm gonna do this, or you're even preparing some activities for the for the community in the background. I think the the, the consistency in the communication that you've that you've managed to keep to keep really has made um, a, a world of a difference or in in making it uh, grow or, or help enabling it to grow to to the level and the and the strength that it, that it has no? so mm -hmm. so kudos on, on that regard i'm so happy we have this on the recording um <laughs> thank you so much nast for the for the big it's a of course it's it's a community it's a joint effort um so you already mentioned the um, the book club, and 
different types of sessions. Now, I know that you're even bringing external speakers around specific skills for the Agile group and the Agile network. Tell us what keeps the community busy. What's, uh, what do the members do? What are the, what are the opportunities that they have to come together and then? It's a, it's a hard, it's a hard question to, to answer because, uh, uh, sometimes uh, at periods it's been it's been alive for a couple of uh, for some years now this 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 network or or this uh, group so so at times it feels like it's a force of nature and at uh, times there's a, a lot of radio silence in the in the in the communication so so it's uh, when when I communicate or one of my team members communicate and it's uh, and and it's uh, hard to feel a beating pulse. Um, that's not uh, it's not uh, it's not always at all, but uh, but sometimes it happens because uh, each one of the of the team members with the is the nature of these um, informal communities at at a certain level informal, no? in which there are some people that has the role of agile coaches, but there's a lot of allies and friends. So. So they have a, a lot of other things going on for them. And even the Agile coaches are in different clusters within the large organization that we are. And they have different um, moments and, uh, in the year in which they they just don't have the, the cognitive capacity to, even if they find whatever we are, we're, we're, we're setting up uh, interesting, they might not have, they might be used the, the wise choice of focusing and uh, and being very, very brave to, to choose, okay, I'm going to prioritize keeping my brain focused on this area. No? Mm. But <laughs> this long-winded uh, preamble uh, just uh, brings me... So, so the things that we do consistently is we have what we call campfires every six weeks. So every six weeks, we call in for a virtual meeting. So we... And in those campfires, we we have a, a by default structure that's welcome, uh, some updates uh, or a content segment. But we could be talking about a specific initiative that is being launched centrally in the uh, or a strategic initiative that might impact most of us in an, in an, in the agile world. And then we end up doing a, a lean coffee of sorts or a, a small breakout rooms with uh, with discussions so people get uh, get at least 20 to 25 minutes of interacting with four other people and they introduce each other and they, they connect one-to-one. That's one of the, that's the beat impulse. Then we invite speakers. That's another one. We try to keep an eye out on people that we would like to, but it's not always external. So often it's just uh, colleagues from within the Lego group that we, that we would love to share and to, and to bring alive some of the work they, they are doing and that it's likely invisible for, for the Agile network or for many of the members. And then we had a wonderful big one day event, the Agile day that was organized by my colleagues, uh, Annika Bergen and um, and uh, Camila Osnes and and they did such a fantastic work at bringing the whole community together to a face to face day. People 
was, uh, loved it. At least that was the, the the sense we got, and 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 we had uh, wonderful guests and and uh, wonderful dynamics. And then and then we had a the, a couple of activities that were super interesting, community driven. So one of them was the agile case competition. So one of the our agile coaches just decided to he did it in his business school and then he said, Hey, I'm I would like to to run an agile case competition, find an interesting uh, case study and just invite people to to find solutions to it. And it was a blast. It was two days uh, uh, with so much energy. Coaches from different areas got to play together, to to build the solutions together. There were prizes at the end, and it was a, it was a whole a whole fest. And that was completely completely community driven, right? It was a, our colleague Jonas. I'm sorry, I, I don't remember his uh, his surname right now. It's hard for me to remember uh, Danish surnames that I don't uh, interact much with. Then we we also have the book club. And uh, and we have uh, a Teams channel, so the mm -hmm. main vessel for all the communication is a Teams channel, and there we request facilitation. So if I have a an interesting workshop to do with a a line, a product line well, that that we are facilitating or trying to create a new new play experiences, then I might invite people to join me to co-facilitate. Uh, so they, so we also coach each other, spar with each other, and and enable people to have uh, interesting opportunities to to play throughout the organization. <laughs> I love that, Nast. I also love all the shout outs you're giving to your colleagues. Um, feeling very inspired about that. We are approaching the end of our conversation, our time together. And I do want to give the opportunity for anyone in the audience listening to step on the stage and ask the questions before we round up. Oh, hey. Hi, hi. everyone. Um, thanks for this conversation. It was very insightful. Uh, I'm Olha. Um, I work in a lot of companies. It's a tech company, and we had this community project as well. And I'm uh, like, we started one year, two year ago, and I'm really, uh, I'm really relate to what our speakers today say. And I have one question. So do you have any kinds of, uh, um, how do you measure success? Yes. Do you have any kinds of KPIs for communities? I don't know. Or, uh, how do you, um, how do you then present the results of what community does to the stakeholders to ensure that their the budget, uh, you know, resources, um, and so on and so forth? So, every, anything about like how how do you approach measuring your success? Brilliant question, Olha. Thank you very much. Who's taking this one? Nast unmuted. I think Justina might have a better a better answer <laughs> because mine it's uh, like. Uh, I measure success uh, uh, six years down the line when someone tells me like, uh, oh my God, we did this book club doing X and Y and uh, now I'm, uh, this has completely changed my life and, and I'm uh, I'm now a leader in this area and I'm applying what we've learned there. Uh, and that's uh, that's a long lasting success. It's hard to, it's hard to, to measure, but 
mostly by attendance and sentiments. We we always take a return on time invest, invested uh, poll uh, at the end of each uh, session. So how well invested do you feel that was your time today uh, in this uh, in this session? Uh, one to five, and then just let us know if uh, if you have any suggestion, recommendation, and yeah, that's that's our way to to short term measure the 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 success of events at least but the community as a as a living organism it's a it's a harder beast and i don't um i i tend to just uh run without budget so so i i don't uh i don't spend a lot of time doing uh, stakeholder the uh, stakeholder holder management <laughs> you'll run with it all right, Nas, thank you very much, uh, Justina. Yeah, uh, but, uh, quite similar here in certain way because I think a community is people and it's just so difficult to measure people. But for me, the engagement was very important. Uh, so again, uh, attendance rate is what Nas mentioned and also the the amount of conversation, the amount of, uh, you know, the as I already mentioned, the the friendly banter, the the questions that people are not afraid to speak up, that they do join, you know, on stage. Uh, that was a big measure for me to to know. That was my pulse to know that things are going well or not. If it becomes quiet, having said that, we if we also developed a set of OKRs, kind of that would feed to the general innovation agenda, because we it was important for me to anchor the innovation community as part of the bigger kind of innovation work in the innovation um, landscape of IKEA. And a, a community, of course, is an enabler. And therefore, I wanted to also show how we as community enable innovation and the goals of the innovation. Uh, and then that we developed a, a set of, um, of goals and objectives as well uh, for the community that fed to the bigger kind of overall goals. So there were uh, there was a little bit the, the more formal and the the more informal kind of knowing things are going well or not. Yep. Thank you very much for your answers. Um, I completely agree with you. But you know there are the stakeholders that would love to merge something, but we use similar similar approaches. And I also one uh, got one ideas, uh, what to add. And I, I have just one simple question to what you said. So I noticed about the tools you use for your communities. I've uh, notice uh, you use Teams and probably Zoom. Maybe you have any other recommendation about the tools for digital, you know, global communities you can recommend or for some interaction events. I don't know, whatever. Thank you. So on the tools, I have quite strong opinions <laughs> um, because I think they um, they many times kind of uh, turn the attention away from from people and it all becomes uh, about the tool. Uh, we have explored different tools at the beginning, and then we decided to go easy and go simple on the tool that everyone knew, and that's why Teams. Um, we we considered developing our own platform. We considered buying in a platform, but I was basically switching the platforms was uh, that's the extra step that people need to take, um, and otherwise with Teams uh, things simply kind of pop up on people's uh, working computers. Um, and for, for the events, we always had the solution from our communication team. So we kind of uh, relied on, on, on their expertise and experience because we would always do the events together with them. Echo. 
teams uh, it's also it's also the the constraint of large organizations right at the end we we have a, a lot of uh, of um, it's very important to 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 have a, a strong uh, um, cybersecurity uh, protocols in in the tools we use and so on so so we use uh, we simplify and use teams and and uh, a virtual board uh, an online uh, virtual board and that's that's uh, that's it uh, but but if you have the flexibility just uh, i will love to play with all the tools that uh, that Elon the shakers and Anna maria and sophia just uh, <laughs> just uh, put out there it's it's always like Oh, that will be great! I'm not even gonna open it because it's it's gonna take me three years to get it approved. I think that if when you're working at Sophie, I see you're unmuted. Well, we <laughs> feel free to add to here, but uh, I think when you're working within a company, um, it's sometimes very hard to make the business case and get approval for budget for an extra tool that for which there is an alternative that the company already pays for. For example, you would be re if if you if you're using Teams, it would be re, uh, be really hard to get the approval for budget for Zoom, for example, or any other tool, because you already have an alternative. But if you do have the freedom to play around with the tools, I can um, name a few that we're using with Alani Shakers and we've played with, experimented with Zoom for sure. We're using Butter Disclaimer. I work at Butter. We've played around with Get Mebo. We played with Gather Town. We've hosted events in Velo. We're using Padlet to crowdsource, Mentimeter to crowdsource um, ideas, insights, Notion as well as an internal library and Viki. So maybe some of these will spark something for specific projects that you're working on. I want to pass the talking stick to Sophie. Sophie, if you want to add anything about a tools but also the question of measurement, impact, and so on, because we haven't touched on that in prior conversation. And I think it's something we all care deeply about and struggle with. So anything you can share from your end would would, would definitely add value to the conversation. Mm. So um, I think very much aligned, like the, the organization I work in is also about 60,000 people. So I think we've got very similar dynamics with Justina and last and, and constraints, et cetera. So on, on the tools first, what I was thinking is that we also end up using Teams and we've considered different things similarly, and it's just where people are. So it works really well, ultimately, to be in people's life. And then um, what I would recommend and, uh, is to really uh, become proficient with all of the Microsoft streets. So um, Teams combine with good skills in Power App and Power Automate and then when we talk about KPIs, obviously Power BI, we, we can really replicate, not in the best way, but really like uh, replicate some of the features that we see in other more, like maybe newer and, um, and trendier, let's say, software. So it's really worth spending a lot of time to become uh, agile with, with this and, and playing up with some apps, et cetera. And we've got two amazing people in our team and Paula, who have just been on a huge learning curve and it's really unlocked lots of um, features and automations for all members and making it making their life like a lot easier. So that's, the, I think, the way to emulate some of the things that we see in external communities. Um, so that's how we solve partly that problem. 
Um, and then on the KPI side, I think we've got exactly the same. We look at attendance, we look at engagement, um, number of comments and likes. And again, there through Power Automate, we've been able to uh, track things that happen in Viva Engage, for example. Um, and then the other thing is that um, in terms of talking to senior leaderships, um, actually it's the, the old um, one picture speaks a lot of word. And so thinking about taking short videos and turning them into gift from events, uh, taking pictures also really helps to reach people and give them a feeling for the vibe of the community and get people excited and particularly like stakeholders and sponsors. Um, so yeah, and then sharing like individual stories. So, so actually sharing that impact and measuring it, um, it's that mix of figures and data and pie charts, and then a few quotes and individual stories usually kind of hits like a spot and helps measuring the human factor, like Justina said. Brilliant. Nast. Just to, to, to build on what uh, Sophie said, I uh, think that at the end tracking engagement is the best, uh, is the, the most useful journey, right? Uh, trying to, to track how people engage with the, with the opportunities and the platforms that we, that we put in place, trying to make it as meaningful as possible. So it's not just vanity metrics of, uh, that, that might be very, very good contextual or, or might we give you a very blurry blurry picture but trying to to measure the the actual health and of of the engagement and then maybe just uh, also remembering that that um, that uh, that mantra of uh, the journal the journalist entrepreneur uh, from from the book make it stick that is mentioned in the book make it stick uh, made to stick uh, is uh, it names, names, and names. When you work in local press, you, if we could only print names, that's uh, that's what we will print in our in our local uh, newspaper because people want to see themselves uh, portrayed in those newspapers, right? They want to see that uh, your your local baker is getting a prize for having been twenty years in the, and that's what. Communities. So one of the things that communities also allows us to see is to bring to to a bit more seriously to to give visibility to a lot of the of the silent heroes, uh, the unsung heroes of your of your organization that are doing super interesting stuff that uh, and that might pass under the radar, but they are they are the 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 beating pulse of um, of the purpose of the company. Wow. Oh, do you see that? Something to add here. <laughs> of course, now it's time. Let's go. Let's do it. Talking about engagement, at some point, uh, I've noticed that new people who join new roles in, in all different places of organization, uh, they would join the community as part of their job onboarding. And for me, that was also a huge sign for, you know, success. Uh, so I think these measures can also come from surprising places that are maybe not the usual kind of typical KPIs. <laughs> um, but yet I say a lot about uh, the role of the community in the organization. I was about to say the same. It's a topic that we think about a lot. It's a topic that I don't think we're, ha we're, we're yet grasping fully. 
um, we can measure certain things. We lack the ability to measure others and the, the full extent to the impact that communities bring. I see Olga in the audience. I would love to bring her up. Drew is here. I would love to pick his brain as well. The way I look at these topics, and I'm this is still working progress. I'm adding every week and every month that passes. I'm adding to my to my brain and my learning and my insight. But there's always I try to have a good balance in between health metrics, um, which is all the engagement part, the buzz, the stories, the screenshots, people coming back to events messages, questions, et cetera, that I, I tend to look at growth as well. Are new people joining us? Are we able to transmit the value of the community outside of the community and make sure that we talk about the impact we have so that we can attract, capture, and bring in those that might that might want to be part of that space of contributing and, and taking value away. And maybe the third one, which I found to be very often the most important one is the impact metrics. And for me, that that goes always back to why do we gather? Why are we doing this in the first place? Because if the why is connection, the metrics will be very different compared to the why is innovation or the why is us learning from each other or the why being us sharing the best practices amongst different departments across the world, et cetera. So, the why informs these impact KPIs, and then we have to be really creative on where do we find the numbers and the stories very often. This was great. We could go on and on. We're 10 minutes over time. I appreciate Nas, Justina. Thank you so much for being with us today. And also everyone else has stuck around and listening to the conversation. This was awesome. Uh, wish you all a beautiful rest of the day and we'll catch up with you next week. Take care and go build awesome communities. Bye.